Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, friends, welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Doug Addison here. I'm so excited with what God's doing right now. Did you know that the spirit of love is what's going to solve everything? Uh, Honestly, I have been seeing things happen when you bring love into the picture. And there's something powerful that happens when you come into agreement on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know Jesus said one of the greatest things, actually the greatest thing, is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Did you know that's three different types of love? We need to love God. We need to love other people, and we need to love ourselves. And when you can bring that triad together, loving God, loving others, and loving yourself, something happens. There's a convergence that will happen. There's synergy as you come into agreement with all the good qualities of the Father for you on earth as it is in heaven is what Jesus said. And I want to pray that right now. Lord, we pray for an encounter with the Father, with an encounter with you, Lord. We pray for an encounter with love. I ask now that there would be a supernatural interchange happen through this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't want to waste any time because I have a special guest on the Spirit Connection podcast, and I've had her on before a couple years ago, but I wanted to bring her back because she's got so much power. She's got a message of love. She's got a message of redemption. It's Abby Stumble. She lives in Redding, California with Bethel Church, and her and her husband actually do a lot of stuff. They go around. uh, His name is Justin, and they have a ministry. They help people in the area of coaching, and she's got such a testimony of what God can do. She carries the spirit of love with her, and I'm just so excited to have her on the broadcast. She's going to tell you a little bit more about what's going on in her life. Abby, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, Doug. Thanks so much for having me. It is such a huge honor to be having a conversation with you today. The same here and with everybody, because we got a lot of positive feedback when you were on before. I think it was back in 2017, late late 2017. Yeah. So, well, just to bring everybody up to speed, why don't you just tell us about yourself, your ministry, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Me and my husband are both life consultants, which really is just a fancy word to say that we help people work through the emotional places where they're stuck so they can get to abundant life. I grew up in the church and I've known God my whole life and I remember kind of looking at the verse where Jesus says, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. And I thought that is not what I'm living. Like that's not, that sounds wonderful, but I'm not living that. And I actually remember telling the Lord, like, I need that to be the kind of experience that I'm inviting people into. I don't want to be inviting people into just another prison cell, you know, like that is prettier. Like here's a Christian prison. It's prettier than your world prison. And so I went um, kind of just deep dove into facing all my fears and my pain and working through 
all this stuff I had never looked at. And God really led me and my husband, Justin, supernaturally through a healing process. And what we found is that it accidentally kept replicating itself. And that's what I love to encourage people. Any mountain that you climb, any battle that you fight with the Lord, then you get to replicate that for other people's lives. So the battles we fought for us were not just for us. Now the, where I used to hate myself and I learned what unconditional love is like. Now I get to help other people choose unconditional love and get out of the battle of self-hatred and where I used to feel suicidal and depressed and anxiety. And I got wholeness and freedom from that. Now I get to help other people and kind of like the map that we get from our own journey, then we can give to other people. That's the kingdom. It's meant to be contagious. And so um, we accidentally started helping people. It was because somebody said, they actually said, I think you should do this as a job because you're changing my life so much. And then it just kind of unfolded. So we do that. We speak, uh, we travel and speak all over the place, helping people connect to the love of God. You know what that's like. You have the same journey where knowing God and supernatural power is one thing, but knowing his power and his love is a totally different experience. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I really love this. And uh, being able to replicate it, you said kingdom. That's my favorite thing is, is understanding the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And basically John 12, 24, you know, you know, the thief comes first. So that's not the verse, but the thief comes to steal, but I've come Mm -hmm. to give that Zayo life, you know, that, that life that is in abundance. And I tell you, so many people don't even know about it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much more for us than just surviving. Yeah. But it does, it does take the John 12, 24 that Jesus himself said, you know, the kingdom of God is like, it was like that tree that there's the seed that has to die before (laughs) it produces more. That's, that's the bummer part, but what comes out of it, it is. I always tell people that to get freedom and hope and joy, you actually have to process through the death and pain and fear. Like you have to go through the one to get to the other, but then you get to live in the other. Yeah, exactly. Well, how good is that? It's so worth it. I love your stories. I love your journey. And, uh, you know, you you prayed a a dangerous prayer. I remember you shared it before (laughs) when you were were a kid. Why don't you just tell us more about that? Yeah, I just asked the Lord. I I had so much self-hatred when I was growing up and so much pain and shame. And I remember just looking around and seeing that there wasn't really anybody that I knew who loved themselves. There was this one person in our church who everybody wanted to be, and I babysat for her, and she was so unhappy with herself. And I thought, we all want to be you, and you don't like you. Like, no one likes being them. And I just thought, well, I don't have any gifts or talents, Lord, but if you could teach me how to love myself, I'd change the world. Because people would be like, what is that? What? What is she? What's what does she have that's different? Because it'd be so radically different. And that really has become the story that the more God has led me, and it was a long journey of learning what love's voice sounds like, learning how to partner with God's voice, learning how to believe what he says. But it is so worth it. And that's exactly what happened as I learned the lesson of love. People just came and wanted to hear. They wanted to know. They wanted to know what it was that was different. And so then it was, I say, loving yourself is a great form of evangelism. Because 
Because the more that I have agreed with what God said over me, the more people want to know about how I got there, and that's Jesus. Exactly. I love that. And, yeah. uh, you know, you do have to go through those things. And, you know, as we're teaching people how to hear the voice of God, one thing I tell people is, you know, that little voice in your head that's saying things that, that's probably not from the Lord, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I hate you and all that. You're ugly and you're all failing, that You're failing. You're never going to amount to yeah. anything. Nothing in your life will be good. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah, that voice well, You is sound good at this. Not, <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it for years. Yeah. I know that voice well. That's why I had to learn to separate that that's like, you know, not true at all. Exactly. Most people don't know that. And when it comes to, to hearing God, when I train people in my schools on hearing God, I really, I take some time and deal with those negative voices. They're ungodly belief systems. And Absolutely. Yeah. I love You that. know what? I know a famous pastor who just this year ended up sharing like sometimes how he hears the Lord. And several of us were like, oh, no, no, no. That's not actually the Lord. That's shame. Wow. That's like, you know, it would be like, you just need to shove that emotion inside. Don't deal with that. Don't let anybody see like things like that, just push for like, there's just a lot of things where we're like, actually, that's not. But so many of us, if you're not sharing openly what you're hearing, you may never hear that. And I remember Sean Bowles telling me this story when I was younger about him hearing a false voice of God. And it was a, and I don't remember now what he called it, but kind of like a foreboding spirit. And so in my life, I had like a, I want to say like a deliverance, but it wasn't like I had any experience. I just, as soon as Sean said it, I understood, oh, I've been listening to that and that's not the right voice. And as soon as I recognized it, it was like it had no more power. But up until that point, there had been such a high stakes view of God. Like God is like, you need to wear green today. If you don't wear green today, somebody's going to go to hell, which is, is I actually enjoy hearing the Lord about specific things. That's not what I'm talking about, but it's that fear of like, oh my gosh, if I don't turn right, I'm going to get in a car wreck. Right. Oh it's my a taskmaster, right? Yes, I have to do, and it becomes his voice then is filled with anxiety and fear and everything is high stakes. Like if you miss his voice, you're probably going to destroy the whole world. If you miss <laughs> his voice, someone's going to hell for forever. And if you miss his voice, something horrible is going to happen to you. And I just had to actually um, get rid of that voice and end up, hearing a voice that sounded much more like love than fear. Absolutely. Because, you know, first John four says perfect lies cast out fear because fear has to do with punishment and those who fear have not been perfected in love. And so ripping that voice out radically helped me get much more to abundant life. And I actually do a prayer. I've done that several times an altar call for people who feel that. And I can't tell you how many people respond to hearing this high stakes so it's so much pressure. It means like you could, the whole world could be destroyed if you miss it. And so often, like my heart was, I genuinely wanted to hear the Lord's voice. I wanted to know what he was saying. And so then it'd be like, wait, is he saying to wear blue or green, blue or green? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then it's like <laughs> this huge thing that has nothing to do with any, like it's not huge consequences to that. Right. And so I had to learn that God is actually responsible. Like a father is responsible for communicating to their kid, like teaching their kid how to hear their voice, like speaking to them. It's not the kid that has to beg the father. How do you sound? 
And so, um, all that to say, I went on the journey of letting go of, okay, God, you know, I want to obey you and I will never purposefully rebel against what I hear, but I need you to make things clear. And if I don't know what you're saying, know that my heart is that I love you. Yeah. So Instead of living out of that fear. Right. Well, you know, you said you do the altar calls. I'm here the Lord. That Why wait till the end? I, there's an anointing right now for yes. you, uh, Abby, to be able to, to break this off of people. People are listening, saying, wait a minute, that's me. That's me. Or maybe yeah. you know someone. Uh, so, Abby, do you mind just going? Let's just do yeah, it right now. Pray. Yes. Okay. God, we ask right now that you'd break that high stakes voice, that voice that says that bad things are coming, that doom is coming, that punishment is coming, that voice where people have um, obeyed you out of fear and they don't feel safe to go on a journey of risking. God, I ask that you'd bring us back to childlike wonder. When kids are learning to walk, they're not concerned if they fall. They just get back up again. So God, I ask that you would break the pressure. And all of a sudden, hearing your voice would be filled with joy. All of the fear would be gone. And that people would recognize when there's a voice that is high stakes, that is saying everything is going to fall apart, that that is actually not the voice of God, that you would begin to speak truth where they could hear and they would actually have the false voice exposed. And God, we ask for freedom and life that people would begin to hear your voice as the fountain of life, the the source of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so glad you did that. And I just want to speak yeah. this word as a father. I'm actually a grandfather and a father. But yeah. Somehow grandparents start, we, we learn a little bit later in life that love really matters. And suddenly, I don't know what happened, but... I just want to say this, you know, and, and prophesying into people who are just receiving this prayer. And the Lord says this, that, that he's proud of you. Mm. Most people would have given up with what you've gone through. And even you, Abby, and I'm mm. proud of you. And I, that's why I'll have you back on the podcast. But this is there's something in this message. The Lord's saying right now, I'm proud of you. And mm. you don't have to worry about being perfect. You don't have to worry about missing my voice because I have so much grace for you. And here's, I got a word that, that uh, my love is greater than your sin. Mm. My love is greater than your sin. My love is greater than anything that you're walking through right now. So I just pray right now, Lord, just wrap, wrap that around people's hearts that have been wounded. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, can I tag into that? Absolutely. Go for it. I actually just heard the Lord say, I see your intentions. Even if sometimes you miss what I was saying, I see that your intention is to honor me. I see that your heart is to love me. And I actually just feel the Lord being like, I actually love your heart. I have so much patience to go on the journey of you learning the sound of my voice. You can know that I'm a father that's not screaming at you when you haven't figured out how to walk yet as a little kid. I'm actually a father who loves to delight in you through the whole process. Amen. 
Man, wow. We don't normally start out with ministry, but why not? You know, when the the Lord's moving, you know, when when something strikes, because suddenly the the spiritual atmosphere shifted and I could hear, I could hear the the heart's cry of people, you know, listening. I could hear that. Wow, that's me. That's me. And I remember when I, you know, when I was, you know, going to church earlier and I'd have, you know, I had some baggage and wounds I needed to be, get healed. I'm thinking, oh, do we have to really wait till the whole sermon is over to get prayer? <laughs> and so I always said, if I could ever change that, let's just do it now. Yes. And what else is going to come? Because I really feel that Abby has something on her heart that's going to really open things up for you. So let's go for it. Awesome. Well, this is just the prophetic journey that I've been in right now. Well, just, first we should say, this doesn't air today, but we are recording it on March 20th, which I hope I didn't just ruin something by saying that, but this is the first day of spring. And so it doesn't matter when you're listening to this because it's actually the prophetic word comes at the right time. Absolutely. This is the first day of spring. And that feels very prophetic for me, especially because I just went through a season, a three-year season of death where it was like, I, I, told you this before, Doug, it was just such a reconstruction season. It was like demo day in the house where they're ripping out all the old cabinets and they're tearing down walls and they're moving flooring. And it felt like just deep surgery in every way possible. And it felt like a mess and chaos and there's dust everywhere and nothing was in its place. You know, it was just, and I had no idea in the middle of it, what it was going to turn out looking like. Like if you ripped a house apart, but you don't know yet how the new plan is going to look. That's kind of how it felt while I was in it. And it felt like a a divine season of rearrangements. And I actually feel like this is something that is happening in the body of Christ, that there is a lot of God moving things around that need to be moved to get people into the most abundant life, to get people into alignment, to free people up. And so um, I went through that three-year season, and then I had a suddenly where it just shifted. And it wasn't like a circumstance necessarily shifted it. It was just like all of a sudden God spoke, and the momentum changed. Kind of like if you're watching a football game, like when one team is winning the whole game, and then in one play— the momentum can change and the other team can come back and all of a sudden they have become the champions. And so I felt this momentum shift suddenly happen for me. And then this, this hope just got rebirthed. And I I was thinking about spring. It just feels like a time for redemption. I remember, um, there's this verse, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And especially in that season, but there's different seasons where I've walked through that because I've had chronic sickness. And so I think, You have to, I continually empty out hope deferred so that it doesn't make my heart sick. I like process it when it comes up and then I get rid of it. But the verse says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a promise fulfilled is a tree of life. And so I was always real frustrated at that verse because I was like, well, obviously if I could make a promise fulfilled happen, I would have a tree of life. Like it felt like you're telling me the answer for my heartache is something I don't have control over. And so I felt really frustrated. Then um, the verse began to change where it was like, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So what do you need to make your heart whole again is actually hope. 
And you can actually have hope again without necessarily having a promise fulfilled happen. And so I began to go on the journey of like cultivating hope. And for me, God took me to gratitude for that. Um, like being grateful for what he has already done in my life, being grateful, recounting all of the good things that have happened in my past, because even with my own body. So when I'm having chronic sickness, I can think about all the things that aren't working right with my body. And that is true. I can also think about all the things that are working right in my body. And that is also true. And one of them leads me into deep hopelessness. And one of them leads me into gratitude. So anyway, on this journey of learning to embrace hope, one of the things God has spoken to me is do not forget my redemption. There is redemption for everything that has taken from us, for everything that's been stolen from us, for every trial we've had to go through, for the dark night of the soul. Like there's not somebody who's betrayed you. It doesn't matter what has happened to you. Like this is one of the best parts of the kingdom is Jesus loves to redeem things. And I think with this idea, I know I'm going all over the place, but I'm tying it together, which is there's so much stuff that God has brought people through. And I feel like it's a season of coming out of the death season into a springtime, into new life and agreeing with hope again for our future, because there is so much redemption coming. And I've seen it in my own life and in my husband's life, things that we didn't even ask for redemption have been redeemed in our life. And that doesn't mean we still have other things we need redeemed, but I just feel so much hope on that. And something the Lord has told me is do not put expectations on what you think redemption looks like, but be expectant for redemption. So sometimes we like decide, well, redemption would look like if this person comes and says they're sorry, or redemption would look like if this person pays me back and God's kingdom is so different than ours. And so redemption, there's no box for how redemption can look, but Jesus will redeem all things. So that's basically the thing that I have on my heart is the hope for people like, hey, there is actually a bigger story. I love that we are about heaven on earth now. And also we're going to have redemption on earth. Like I will taste and see of the goodness of God in the land of the living but also we have redemption and eternity and nothing, no winter, no um, hard season that we go through will go without redemption. And then the last thing I know I've been talking for so long, but this is the last thing we were just talking and I hadn't even thought about this, but Doug brought it up about the fire that happened in Redding. And I was thinking we had a huge fire that happened in Northern California this year and it was wild and it was like Armageddon here. It was crazy and I've never seen anything like it. We had a fire tornado and it destroyed so much. But I was telling him that soil after a fire is so nutrient rich. It's the easiest soil to grow in. The most luscious, beautiful things grow after a fire has happened. It's part of the natural ebb and flow of life, even when like humans aren't involved, like there's fires and then new growth happens. And we're already seeing it's spring and we're already seeing the most beautiful green growing up from this whole burnt area. 
And it's stunning. And it's amazing that within a few months, there's brand new life coming up. And so I was just feeling that along with my word about redemption coming for people, that the fire analogy was so good that there have been seasons where everything has been laid low, but new life is coming. You're getting to paint the walls and you're getting to bring new furniture into your newly renovated house. And then there's a plan for that house. Like none of the surgery process or the dark night of the soul process or the fire season, none of that is in vain. The new growth and redemption will be so worth it. Wow. I just love it. I I wanted you to keep going. Like I love when you speak because there's an anointing in your words. Uh, Well, well, one thing is because that's how I feel about you. Oh, thanks. But I think maybe because we've both suffered, you know, and people who suffered, you know, once you get through it, once you get through hope deferred and once you suffer, many people are suffering. You don't have to suffer to get the anointing, but there's something powerful because people need what you've suffered from. Mm -hmm. Your story needs to become a redemption story because hope cannot be deferred. I mean, it can't go on forever, you know, and it it cannot be redeemed. Hope can't be redeemed unless we step up with our testimony, the word of our testimony. And I tell you, we are in a season right now of exactly what Abby's talking about here. And she has this powerful testimony and it's even gotten more, you know, she's had to walk through even more, but there's more authority. Uh, And what she's saying, and it's exactly, I love the analogy of the fire as praying for you guys. And I just knew, you know, that things were going to work out. We all know that. But then when when you're in Armageddon, you know, (laughs) totally. You know, it's easy to get a postcard. Hey, you got, how you guys doing up there? You know, I sent a check. (laughs) You know, I hope you got that check. No, the post office burned out. I couldn't get (laughs) it. Well, tell me this. I know you've been through seasons like that, seasons of the fire, seasons of suffering. Um, when you started to come out of it, what were some of the signs of new life? When yeah. you when you came in out of that, what were some of the things you felt in the in the springtime after your winter? It was in the spring too, because I was telling Abby because uh, almost all of Reading and Bethel were praying for me for. I, I walked through that four, yes. four or five years. I don't even remember of affliction. That, and they really didn't know what it was. And all I know is, is I just didn't feel good. And it, it was bad at times. And, you know, chemical sensitivity. I was allergic to everything driven out of my house. It was really bad at times. Oh. But in the middle of that, I never lost sight of who the Lord was. And that's what is important. And the message that I bring is that's the same thing on hope is, is if you make the Lord and the message you know, in the Bible, I don't want to just say make the Bible so real, but it's true. Make the principles that are in the Bible of who God is and know who the Lord is. You mm-hmm. can weather any storm. And oh, yeah. I weathered a big storm. And it was Valentine's Day 2018. It was when I got healed. And I, I can remember it was a couple of days before something started. I had gotten healed of all a lot of things. But one last thing was so hard. I couldn't travel anywhere because my immune system had crashed so hard. That I couldn't be around any chill or cold. I had to wear coats. I had jackets on. I had to be in 80 degrees. Sounds like I should move to Hawaii. But (laughs) I couldn't go to a store or anything because my immune system would crash. And and no one knew what it was or anything like that. But 
I knew it was Satan, you know, for crying out loud. All sickness doesn't come from the Lord. But in the midst of that, I do remember this. I went into a war in the spiritual realm for two months prior to my healing. And I started really warring for it uh, because I knew that there was something great the Lord was going to bring out of it. And there was that shifting point. The fire came, so to speak. And I remember one of the first big prophetic words I got from a prophet that I had met years ago. He said, your total healing is going to come by fire. And he says, when you get through it, all the things that the Lord has for you is going to be loosed to you. Wow. So I knew that this was what I was going through. That this was like a season. And I have big prophetic words spoken of. I have have encounters in heaven. And then here I was still sick, you know. But then something turned. There was that turning point. And I think it was when I could understand and not blame God. And Mm. even as a minister and as a prophet... I still had somewhere in the back of my head or back of my spirit that I was, why am I so, you know, my biggest thing is because of the courts of heaven prophet, this is a violation. I'm being, you know, this is a violation of the word. And it wasn't until I kind of laid down that whole thing with my, I like what you said, because I had an expectation of what I thought it should look like. Yeah. What my healing would be and, you know, that it was going to happen a certain way. And when I laid it fully down and I forgave God. Mm-hmm. for my walking through this time. And I forgave, you know, myself and other people around me. And, and for me, the Lord told me, he says, I want you to, to fall back in love. I want yes. you to fall back in love with me. I want you to fall back in love with your wife. Not that I didn't even know I was away from the Lord or my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. I had no idea that I wasn't in love. But right. now I, re- I know what he's saying because I've moved since then into a level of love I didn't know existed Oh, and, yeah. And so. It, well, I've got to, I, I just want to add to what you're saying because, so that feels like you went through a healthy process of grief is really what that sounds like. Yeah. Part of the grief process is anger. And so I know that for me in suffering, I have had moments where there was frustration at the Lord because it was like, I can't understand. And actually, here's another thing that really changed my life is, Somebody once put it like this, and it made so much sense to me. And there's this unloving voice. So sometimes when you have hope deferred or sometimes when an answer hasn't come, it's almost like an unloving spirit comes that makes you feel like God doesn't love me. That's why he hasn't answered the prayer yet. And I'm not sure that that's what you had, but I'm saying for me, there was this this thing of like, well, if if I was enough or if God loved me, enough that he would do that. And so God began to wipe away that like the answer to the prayer is never about if he loves me or not. Yeah. That's never, ever the thing. If I'm still waiting for a promise, it's not because God doesn't love me that it's not here. But so the anger, the frustration at God for suffering is a natural part of grief. But if we get stuck in that, which is exactly what you said, you had to forgive And I talk about that. And so many people are like, you can't forgive God. He never did anything wrong. And I'm like, no, he didn't do anything wrong. But our heart builds walls when our expectations, when it looks different than we thought. Exactly. And I think about the disciples all the time in the Bible because they left everything to follow Jesus. And then Jesus dies. You know, like they thought he was going to take over Rome. They thought that he was going to be like the new king. Like they had expectations of what all the prophecies were going to look like. 
And obviously, we know on this side that Jesus dying was a way bigger thing than him taking over Rome. Exactly. Like he took over the world forever. But as a disciple, their expectations didn't get met in the way they thought. And so there is that, I think, as we follow God and hear his voice and our expectations are wrong, we have to get back to keeping our heart tender, which is what you're saying. Your heart got re-tenderized towards the Lord, towards yourself, towards your wife, towards people. And forgiveness and letting go really allows God back into those spots where we've put walls up because of our own ideas. Yeah. And so I just think what you're saying is so like your life story is such a map. Like I said in the beginning, what we go through creates maps for people. And I'm like, that's such a map for people who've been through suffering to actually go on the journey of grieving their suffering, but then keeping their heart soft towards God and towards others in the process. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is so powerful. That's exactly what it is. And no one's really asked me that. I kind of unpacked it. But my healing did happen right at Valentine's Day of 2018. And the Lord sent me a, you know, a gift. And, and I started to be able to, you know, to go out more. And, and now, you know, it's not like everything turned around 100%. My health is, but I'm still walking through some stuff. But that's okay. You know, totally. You'll never totally arrive. Just so Amen. You know, there's always a challenge. <laughs> is how you deal with the challenge. That's what I like about you, Abby. And there's a story that's got to come out of you. I tell you, I'm <laughs> prophesying there's a book coming that's going mm. to really change the world. And I said this to uh, Kim Walker-Smith. You know, I had sent her the same prophetic word around the same time. And, and I said, there's a sto- your story. You need to write a book. It's your story. And then her book just came out. But I know Abby had to wait a little bit. She had to get in the timing of the Lord. You weren't out of time because you had, you know, right? You you felt it yourself, right? Yes. In other yeah. words, you wrote part of it, but these chapters that just happened haven't been written yet, but they've been lived. Yes, 100%. And that's the, the thing about God is his timing is always creative and he's always unfolding the story. And I, like, you know, I always prayed that God would just like download it. And I just write my book like in two weeks straight, you know, where it's just like, and I know you've had moments like that in your life where it's just poured out of you. And I know other people, but the Lord is taking me on a journey of partnering with him to walk out some of the stuff that I'm writing about as we're writing it. And so it's, um, it's a journey that I love because this is, this is a God who loves the journey with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is yeah. so powerful. I just got to tell you, yeah. there is something, the humility and the love, the gentleness and your ability to communicate God's heart. I feel so radically wrecked by anytime I hear you and anytime I talk to you, I just feel like I could weep because when I talk to you, you are the best parts of what I hear from God. And I know the price that it takes to become like him in those ways. And I have seen, I mean, you have fought through so much and you have, when you see somebody suffer who turns more towards love than bitterness, I think that's one of the most 
beautiful things on the planet, but I actually think it's one of the most baffling things to the demonic. When somebody has walked through hard things and they become more like Jesus, they become more like love, they become more forgiving, they become more tender. And I just want to thank you for giving a path and for never quitting having a voice in in the whole season, never quitting the call of God on your life, even when things were really hard. It is just beautiful and powerful. And I very rarely encounter a soul that you can feel heaven through how they just speak. And that's how I feel about you. Thank you so much. And it means a lot because, you know, even just recently, actually, as part of my prophetic word, I'm coming out for the next month is, is I saw the books of Satan be opened, and so I, I've already released that, you know, the enemy's plans. But th- right now, the secret book of suffering is mm. testifying against the book of Satan. And mm. so all of us have a secret book of suffering. These are the things that you've suffered through, and those books are being opened in heaven as a testimony yes. against the plans of the enemy. Yes. And I tell you, when mine got open, because of my secret book of suffering got open, I know I'm, it's not a secret now that I'm telling you, but hey, <laughs> I'm just now going to tell you what was in it. But it testified <laughs> for two days. Wow. And it was the voices. It was my own weeping. It was my own stuff. It testified without me doing anything. It testified in the court of heaven. You talk about expectations. This I experienced this in the court of heaven. I thought my healing would come with me declaring the word. And, you know, oh, like, yeah. like a Zechariah 3 encounter where Jesus comes up, you know, and there's an angel there and says, hey, you know, Satan, you're guilty. You know, take the dirty turban off and put a clean one on this guy. You know, I thought it would be yeah. like that. But instead, I had to weep and weep. And then finally, I, I had no more tears and I got healed. And then my redemption starting right now where, you know, the total repayment where, the book of my the book of my tears is testifying now. And this is over you. It's over everybody. And right now the testimony is being heard in the court of heaven over your tears and over your suffering. And you don't have to do a thing. It's happening right now. So you pulled this out of me. I was like, wow. The, it's so good. That? I'm just crying over here. Don't worry about it. It's just beautiful. I can hear it too. Over each person, it's a different. Some of them yes. are songs. When your book of suffering or your book of tears opens, it's a song. Others, like mine, was like a wailing that that mm. went on, and and um, yours, uh, yours is still going on. Abby, your book of uh, suffering has been open. That's why you're going to see some really radical changes. And this is so powerful. This happened on the first day of spring. Mm. But your suffering is now going to bring you greater anointing, greater repayment. And by the way, everybody, whatever you suffer or whatever you pray or whatever anything happens, and you don't see a result. It's not because God didn't know it. I've actually seen in heaven there's a storehouse that your prayer that didn't get answered went to or the mm. suffering went to. And right now when he's opening the storehouses in heaven... It's because of all you've sown into it. It's not because he just suddenly had, hey, you know, we got the storehouse up here. We don't know what to do with, you know. It's the wealth of the wicked. We'll just switch it. No. <laughs> what's going on right now is you've sown into that storehouse. 
That's the season we're in right now is uh, we're going to reap from the storehouses of our own of our own labor and our own pain. I love what you're saying. I don't I've never had those heavenly encounters like you're described. Like I haven't had those like you're describing. I've had some, but not like that. But it's really beautiful because that's what you're describing is everything that I have felt God speaking to me about like, hey, none of the suffering is in vain. Nothing that you have had to fight through, nothing that you've been pushing into, like none of that just is like, you're not actually running on a treadmill with that kind of suffering. It's not just that you're fighting really hard, but staying in the same place, even though it can feel that way. I, I haven't seen it as like the book of suffering and and the storehouse, but I'm like, that's what God's been speaking to me. No, there is redemption for everything. No, not one tear falls that I'm not paying attention to. No, there is actually beauty and there is a, a test. And I know this, I mean, biblically, we know that even with Job, that God took Job's response and shoved it in the face of the enemy. You know, he's like, no, look at Job. Like, look at his response. Like, people love me in the midst of their heartache. Like, there is, like, there's something, there is a powerful warfare that happens. And I see that so many Christians, when they face really hope deferred or disappointment, they turn from God. And I understand. Like, I have a lot of compassion because we we don't know how to see that as not love. We don't know how to see that as God's not loving us, but there is something so beautiful when you can actually see that God's with you in the midst and it will not last forever and nothing will be in vain. We will get on earth and in heaven. When we get to heaven, Doug, and we see what actually happened in the years that you were sick and what it produced, we'll all be in awe. There'll be something when we're done, that you will all look at it and be like, wow, Doug, look at all the fruit. that get, Look at all the redemption. Like, look at all the new life. Look at all the new plants. Look at everything, all of the soil that came. And not that God ever caused, he never causes suffering right. for the sake of that. <clears throat> but he takes any suffering that has come against us and he makes it so beautiful that the devil's so mad that he ever tried it. Exactly. That's so powerful. You know what happened is in the midst of four years of suffering, the Lord, we, we did the math. The Lord increased us four times on the Internet. And, wow. And I mean everything. We had to increase the staff. We had, you know, followers, um, finances. Everything has been there. I can't really say I take credit for it because it, my totally. team has been there and, it's been an amazing season, but you're right. You're so right. We just have to let go of those expectations. We have to get rid of the taskmaster. And mm-hmm. healing of hope deferred is so important. So, Abby, just pray over us because there's such a powerful anointing right now over you. Yeah. Well, I'll pray first and then you pray too. All right. Where I can feel this energy. So God, right now, I speak hope back into your bones. Whoever is listening to this, I speak hope into your story. Hope over every moment in your past. I release the love of God, the powerful, relentless love of God that's so much bigger than you know, that every place where there's been suffering in your life, that the accuser wouldn't get to lie to you. 
that God doesn't love you or that he's not involved or that he won't come through for you or that you're not special enough. I break the assignment of the accuser who wants to charge God's nature as being false. And we release the truth of God's goodness, of his love over your life, that you'd begin to hear his love, that you'd hear his song of love, that you'd feel his dance of love, that any suffering that you have felt like he doesn't see, I just hear him being like, I see the cost. I see the cost of what you've walked through. I see what they stole from you. I see how sickness crippled you. I see how betrayal devastated you. I see the cost and I am the great redeemer. I am the great repair. I am the one who died on the cross so that nothing that happens against you or to you could stand so that there would always be a better word. And we release resurrection life over people's bodies, over people's finances, over people's relationships, over people's dreams. We release resurrected life that you would actually feel hope again, that you would remember the faithfulness of God. We release the the inner knowing. I I feel the Lord saying, go back and see the times I've been faithful in your past because I will be faithful in your future. You can recount your history and it will testify of your future. And so we release God's goodness into your future. And we ask for spring, God, for people who are hope deferred and they've been fighting the same battle for so long. We ask for spring, that new life would spring up, that new fruit would spring up, that addictions would stop, that the battle they've been facing with self-hatred, with fear, with hopelessness, anxiety, depression, whatever the battle they've been in for 20 or 30 years or four years or one, whatever it is, God, that you would say enough and that you would walk in and hold their hand and walk them out and that they would begin to see new life springing forward. We call for your spirits to spring up to spring forward and we release hope over your body, hope over your mind, hope over your spirit, your soul, your heart. We release hope over the day you were conceived, hope over the day you were born and hope over every part of your past and hope over your future. Yes, and this is such a powerful word here and such a powerful anointing released right now and uh, the Lord just was speaking to me about those. I uh, didn't expect this to be on suffering, but this is what's going on right now in Jeremiah fifteen fifteen. You're long suffering, but you maybe mm. have cried out, "Do not take me away." Think about how mm. I suffered for your sake. Then your words came to me, and I ate them, and they were joy, and my heart's delight, <laughs> for I bear your name. And that's I tell you, look it up and begin to pray and decree this because people who have been suffering. The Lord has not forgotten you. And now these words that Abby and I have released are bringing life. And they're bringing and eat these words. Listen to this again and again if you need to. Get it to someone who's walked through a season of the the shadow of the valley of death. Because we're coming out of that valley. And the Lord says, this Mm. is joy. This is gracious words. In Luke 4.22 is right after Jesus comes into the ministry and the first thing that happens is they said they were amazed at his gracious words. Mm. I release gracious words over you. These words that we've been speaking today are the gracious words of the Lord. And people that hear them that have been used to the religious words 
and the taskmaster that they may have been hearing and the voices in your head, I now say, eat these words. Mm. Eat this message. Feast on it because these are the words of the Lord. They're going to bring you life and hope and joy. And because it's full of the Holy Spirit, it's full of the message of Jesus. It's just full of the anointing for renewal. So let that come now, Lord, the gracious words. I pray right now, I speak where there's still any kind of negative words of the taskmaster, Mm. the words of punishment. I say now, be quiet and replace it, Lord, with gracious words from you. Wow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, it's been a fun. Amen. Yeah, it's been a fun time, and it always is. Absolutely. <laughs> With Abby Stumball. Tell us a little bit more how we can follow you, uh, anything you have to offer. Yes. Well, me and my husband just started a podcast called The Connected Life Podcast, where we talk about how to stay connected to yourself, to God, to the people around you. We talk about real life things and how to go on the journey of being messy and hearing that gracious voice. Gosh, when you speak, I can literally feel the honey of God when you speak things like that. But yes, the gracious voice. We talk a lot about learning to listen to that. And so that's online, the Connected Life podcast. You can find me and my husband on Instagram or Facebook. We have um, several products about love. My husband's written an amazing book about the journey of figuring out what you're made for. And yeah, I have a website, abbystumball.com. And how do you spell that? The last. Oh yeah, I should write Abby, A-B-I. And then Stumball, S-T-U-M as in Mary, V as in victory, O-L-L. Right. Uh, I'm so encouraged every time I get with you. And if I run across, uh, sometimes someone will send me a, like a video of you, and and it just has got words of life. That's all. Mm, it, you, thank you carry you. the words of life. I'm so excited. Every time you come on, we get such good feedback, and I'm just excited with what the Lord's going to do in the season of hope deferred's over, everybody. Amen. I'm so, so thrilled. Anyway, thanks so much, Abby, for taking time to be with us and sharing. Anytime. All right. All right, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.